Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2456. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which happens to be the city I was born in. That's kind of cool. With a very special guest by the name of Chris Story. Chris, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, sir. Let's get it. We'll have some fun. Considering your passion and love for drag racing, I think you've done that many, many times. Before I introduce you and we <laughs> dive into the world that you are living in, what's one little thing that people don't know about you, Chris? Man, I'm secretly a Ford guy, but don't tell anybody besides everybody that's listening. <laughs> okay. That's, now, that'll be our secret. Now the world knows. Well, uh, interesting. And, <laughs> and I've got to ask now, does this go back to youth? Maybe sometimes it's like a dad or a brother or a grandparent or somebody who was into one mark. Is that what's going on here? No, I think just growing up, I was a, I was a bow tie till I die kind of guy. I never really experienced any of the other brands at all. And so now that I've I've grown and I'm in the communities and I'm I'm experiencing other things and I've had a secret love for uh for like Mustangs and um like the old lightnings. Like I like the Gen two Lightning a lot and Ford currently is doing a lot in the motorsports realm, so you gotta show them a lot of love there, you know. So it wasn't anything long lasting. I didn't have any one person that was a that was a Ford guy growing up that we didn't make fun of. So <laughs> there you go. You know, this is a very good point that you're making here because I run into this all the time, and I tend to lean very heavily on a Porsche mark and BMW, but Porsche's always yeah. been my car of choice. But here's what I've learned after speaking with so many people. It's really valuable to step out of that comfort zone or that passion and talk to people in other marks because you never know where this might go, and you might see things in a little bit different light. And people that are just so steadfast with the blinders on, I really think they miss out on an awful lot. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I would agree a ton. Actually, so like to further prove that point, one of my, like my attainable at the moment is is actually a any 92 M3 BMW. And I've never growing up, you know, until pretty recently, actually never even knew that BMW made cool sports cars. Like I knew about the E30, I knew about the E36, but everything past that i had no idea and um mm. until i started taking the blinders off if you will yeah and really kind of exploring other brands and doing rallies and, and stuff of that nature and kind of just being around their respective people i never really gained an appreciation for other car brands and and other kind of motorsport that those brands are associated with if you will well i always say expand your horizons you never know where it will take you and the same goes for uh genre of cars a lot of times people go oh, i'm just not into muscle cars or hot rods or classic cars or mm -hmm. pick anyone and if you take the time to talk to some owners go to some events walk up and really again i say take the blinders off take your time and really look at the vehicle you really start to appreciate some things and it will really broaden your horizon so welcome to the world of m3s and bmws i've got an 05 <laughs> e46 in my garage i bought new 
is sitting there. I've had four of those. Awesome. This is the fourth one. And I just love that car. I just, I can't, I, I people, now it's worth what I paid for it. It's really finally become a classic, I guess, because it's, <laughs> it's uh, almost 20 years old, but they're wonderful cars, great fun to drive. And uh, my first time on the track was in an E36 M3 and that got me into vintage racing. So there you go, you know? Yeah. I enjoy life. Well, let me introduce you a little more properly here. Chris Story is a motorsports photographer who focuses on drag racing. He was born in Durango. He and his family moved a lot when he was a kid, and he joined the Army at 17. Thank you very much for your service, Chris, to pursue a career in IT, and later he worked on cars. But eventually, Chris felt like there was a little bit more to life, and he wanted to do that he wanted to do, and he began chasing his passion in photography. And that's something that he's done for about 10 years and three years ago he decided to make it a profession he shoots drag racing and more specifically drag and drive events which you'll recall not too long ago a guest on the show that explained what those were i'm going to ask you again about that chris chris's enjoyment comes from covering and documenting history capturing moments for the drivers and the people so that their experience can be captured for a lifetime we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors so give them a little love and we'll be right back Are you ready to take charge of your financial future? Then let me introduce you to Capitalize Your Finances. It's an online course designed to empower you with the knowledge and tools for mastering your money. This course will help you lay out the ins and outs of budgeting, the importance of emergency funds, investing strategies, and how to plan for a secure retirement. All this presented by financial planner Chris Paniotu. Chris has developed this course to help you effectively navigate your world of finance with confidence. Stop stressing about money and start taking control. Enroll in Capitalize Your Finance online course today and pave your way to financial success. To learn more, go to CapitalizePodcast.com slash courses or better yet, go to the Cars yeah website show notes page for today's show and click on the link under Capitalize Your Finances. You'll be glad you did. Do it today. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. Cars yeah has teamed up with TechForce Foundation, one of our charities of choice, to help young people who love cars, problem-solving, and working with their hands pursue careers as professional technicians. From auto, collision, and restoration techs to motorcycle boats, race cars, and aviation, TechForce covers the gamut of technician opportunities. Technical education and the skills trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn how you can help to power the technical workforce at techforce.org today. So, Chris, I want to talk a little bit about this transition you made. And I'm going to give you a quote as we start this. It's from a friend of mine, known him for a long time. His name is David Sweet. And he said this, to make the decision to call forth change in your life, your thoughts, your consciousness, that is the edge of courage. 
And I want to take my hat off to you because what you did definitely took some courage to make this transition and start doing what you really love. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. So let's go back to that time, your your time in the service and then IT, you thought that was the thing and then working on cars, but ah, that passion for shooting just pulled you back in. So take the wheel, my friend. Sure. So to kind of tell the whole story, we got to go way back to before Army, before like in high school, mm-hmm. I rode BMX my professionally if you will kind of kind of sort of you know at the skate park all the time and so when we were at the skate park there's a there's always like one or two dudes that are rocking a camera and, and, and are always getting kind of cool unique shots and so that's kind of what started my my eye in the uh photography realm of of things mm-hmm. and so while i was riding bmx in high school i had a, a few different jobs while i was in high school and one of them was a shop where we built mostly drag race cars and did general mechanic work so what i found in bmx like shooting bmx translated pretty well into shooting drag racing because that's what we did at the shop we you know we, we were drag racers and so working at the drag shop we had a few cars that we took to different races all the time and so we would follow them around and i would shoot the cars at the drag strips and, and i found that it really translated well and i also found that i really enjoyed photographing cars and specifically motorsport and drag racing and kind of the emotion of people celebrating, people not celebrating, doing the opposite of celebrating, just kind of capturing the entire story of drag racing. And I've, I've always found that drag racing is an interesting sport because on paper, it seems very boring, right? We just yeah. race cars in a straight line, five, six seconds at a time, you know, how exciting can it be? And I find that the challenge of proving how exciting it can be via pictures, it really fulfills me to, and I I really found that passion early on working at that shop. And again, this was, this was in high school times, but at the time there was really no good avenue to pursue something like that because the journalists and photographers for these magazines have been the journalists and photographers for these magazines since their inception, if you will. Sure. Um, So it was a really, really, really hard market to break into. And I needed to find something very soon because adulthood was approaching and I, and I needed to be able to take care of myself more than working three part-time jobs at, at once. That's why I joined the army and my uncle who has kind of been my mentor for life was like, Hey, you got to make those guys teach you something first. Cause originally I wanted to be a tanker. It was kind of one of those deals where the recruiter came to school and he's like, well, here's a cool job sheet, job sheet list. And it had no mention of anything other than like grunt work. So tankers, infantry, mechanic, you know, it didn't mention anything about IT or all the other facets that of, of work you can do in the army. And so I went actually back to him and I was like, you know what, I think I want to be a tanker. And I called my uncle and was like, hey, I'm joining the army. I'm going to be a tanker. And he's like, dude, did you sign paperwork yet? No, no. You know, you got to make those guys teach you something first. And so um, we looked back or I looked back at the... Uh, the job list on Army's website. I kind of just chose the one that seemed like the best avenue for for life, and it was just a general IT technician. And so kind of went down that route, <clears throat> that avenue of life, um, which was great. I don't regret doing it. The reserves is its own special brand of fun things that you can do. But um, yeah, then got out, pursued it in my in the civilian sector for a number of years, and kind of had that itch to go back to go back to a shop. Specifically to to kind of hone my skills in car photography, I was already I've, I've been shooting this entire 
time span. Just kind of here or there, kind of most, mostly as a hobbyist. And I really wanted to make it more of a profession to really find my niche in automotive photography. So I went to a shop with the intentions of being their kind of like part-time marketing guy and part-time like wrenching guy because they needed a wrenching guy more than I needed a marketing guy, but I really wanted to be a marketing guy. And that was kind of my only in in that situation. So yeah, I worked there for a number of years. It was it was a pretty good time. I, I started using my marketing and um, photography skills less and less and less and was getting more frustrated with life and being there. I gained a bunch of weight because I was just kind of in a depression cycle of life, if you will, and mm-hmm. decided one day that I wanted to actually give this thing a shot. And I didn't quite know how to quit this job in, in the right manner. And uh, a situation arose and it kind of all just fell into my lap. And I was like, all right, well, I'm done here. We're going to go to uh, Rocky Mountain Race Week was the was the first event that I covered full time and as a, as a full-time photographer, um, which I quit my job the week before Rocky Mountain Race Week to go to Rocky Mountain Race Week um, to start pursuing this this whole passion of mine. So. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, your uncle was such a wise man because, yes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to give you that kind of advice so that you didn't come out of the military with, you know, you said a tanker, you mean actually driving tanks? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Not a lot of careers in that world uh, once you're out of the military. <laughs> At least I don't see too many tanks being driven down the street. Uh, obviously, there's some things that might carry over, but he was very, very fortunate to have him in your life to give you that direction and guidance at that time. And of course, IT, everything is IT nowadays. So definitely you learned some skills that you could use in even what you're doing today, no doubt. But to make that transition, as I said at the beginning, is uh, is a brave and bold step because photography is one of those areas, and I've had hundreds of them on this show most, if not all, have made careers, real careers, meaning they actually make enough money to support themselves or families and so forth. And that's everything from young people like yourself up to people that uh, like Jesse Alexander, who we lost a few years ago, but was a professional photographer for his entire life mm-hmm. and in racing and uh, created iconic images and memories that exist today. I've got many of his uh his black and white prints hanging on the walls in my house. So bravo for that. And is is that really the, yeah. the, the key influencer in your life, that uncle of yours? Or is there perhaps a photographer or two that you really look up to? Because I always say, when you want to do something, look at the people that are successful and mimic what they've done. Have your own touch on it, but follow their path because they figured it out. <laughs> Why reinvent the wheel? Right, absolutely. Uh, I think in in... Just life in general, yeah. My uncle is is definitely one guy that I look up to. My my aunt and my uncle have kind of had a very very large part in in raising me and guiding me in life. Um, for photographers uh, solely, there's a photographer named Larry Chen who I've had the pleasure of meeting on multiple different occasions and actually working beside him, not with him, but beside him at Formula Drift and a few other races and uh, events who I've really looked up to and have modeled a lot of my business after after his. He did a podcast with Adam LZ and he talked a lot about like the early days of kind of how he got in with race teams and how he got access to all these places and how he kind of ran his business, how he didn't really watermark his images. He kind of just gave them to people and and really just let the work pay for itself. And I, I've done a lot of the same things in drag racing. Granted, it's 
it's kind of ruffled some feathers with some drag racing photographers, but I've really taken a liking to his work and I, I've, I've followed him for this long. Actually, my business name, <laughs> the, the Chris Story photo name came from his Instagram name. I, I copied it for, for my automotive uh, name and I never really thought that when I copied it that I would ever meet him and let alone uh, work beside the guy. So, <laughs> yeah, it's um well, Larry was a guest on my show back in 2017. That was quite a while ago. Guest number 934, considering we're up to 2,456. Uh, come a long way. But I met yeah. him through uh, Hoonigan Racing, Ken Block, where he did a lot of shooting mm -hmm. back in the day. And uh, yeah, you know, you did exactly what I was suggesting. And this is something I learned a long time ago when I was working in advertising from a, a guy that you might have heard of, uh, Tony Robbins who's, you know, iconic in the yeah. speaking world. And he was a, a client of mine way, way back when I was just in my young, early 20s, when he was just starting his career. Uh, we designed uh, marketing materials for him. And he told me something one day, and it's a really valuable lesson. We had designed a bunch of things for him. And he said, no, 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 I, I wanted you to do it just like this other guy. And I said, well, that's his look. Why not create your own look? And he said, this other guy's super successful. I want to be like him. So why reinvent the wheel? And so I, I've always remembered that. And at the time as a designer, it frustrated me because as a designer, you want to do new, unique things and not just copy somebody else. Uh, but we made it Tony's and, you know, the rest is history. He went on to great success and continues to be. So I'm glad to hear that you uh, that you did that. I think that was very, very wise. Now, obviously, with what you're doing or what you've done, there's been a challenge or two. There always are, especially when you step out on a ledge and do something different. What's a big challenge that you've faced? And more importantly, what did it teach you as you look back on it now? You know, as as you know, doing your own thing or being an entrepreneur is has multitude, like so many challenges all the time. I think what but one one big one taught me is is timing is everything. So when I when I quit my job to pursue photography full time, I quit it at the end of the race season. So I quit in September uh -oh. <laughs> of 2020. Right, just because I was frustrated and and I needed a life change. Granted, that change probably saved my life, but it made the next few months very very difficult. So um, planning and, and timing really really do make a huge difference in the outcome of, of a decision. So like if I had made that decision to quit, maybe let's say, I don't know, May or June, it would have been a, even May, like being that early in the year, I would have had so much of the race season to kind of gain traction and, and really start with, with my front foot forward versus starting at the end of the season where, you know, the, I did one event and then, there's SEMA and then there's pretty much nothing, right? I mean, there's right. other stuff that happens, but I didn't have a savings account. I didn't have anything. I had a dream and a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, that was pretty much it. You know, what you share here is another golden nugget when it comes to being new in a profession and so forth. And that is, I always say, have a runway or in, in long-term layman mm -hmm. terms, a rainy day fund. And it's something that so many people don't have. You know, those the, that's why they have piggy banks for little kids. It teaches you to save your money. And I don't even know if they still have piggy banks today, but they should. Because maybe it's uh, every kid has their own online account now or they can buy a little Bitcoin. I don't know. But it's a really important thing to have that runway before you step off that ledge. As you learned, uh, because if things don't happen fast, and many times they don't, 
Uh, it takes quite a while to gain momentum and traction and it takes that pressure off of having to do anything and not doing what you really want to do. So during that transition period, were there some things you had to do that you really didn't want to? I mean, did you have to go back and do another kind of job for a while while you were still getting that going or how did you manage that? Yeah. So I initially sat around and cried like a baby a lot because I realized that I kind of made a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and you know there's no crying in the army now didn't they teach you that they they did there's no emotion at all <laughs> yeah right but you can cry by yourself in a in a room okay or with your uh with your <laughs> your fellow fellow guys but, um, yeah. at any rate yeah yeah but um no so i i tried to sell like i made calendars since the end of the year so I was like okay well may, maybe i'll make calendars i didn't really have enough like i had a i didn't really have enough different content to to make a an accurate calendar for the year and so i ended up going a a couple friends of mine started a shop this is really where the ford love started wrapping it to the to the beginning but they started a a ford mostly performance shop here in tulsa and they needed a gm guy to do some gm work um and so i worked there for part-time for the better part of 2021 and it was cool because they were friends of mine. So they, they were supportive, really supportive of my business. Not only did they let me shoot the cars and all that other fun stuff that you can do working in a shop, but they also gave me a very, very open schedule to kind of uh, go wherever, whenever, as long as I gave them a decent amount of notice. So they knew I was, they, they couldn't schedule work for this, uh, this part of the season. So that really got me through the slow season of that very first year. Um, and it helped throughout that year while I was really getting my footing in and really trying to still get my name out there. I, I had a false sense of uh, security when I quit because the, the race week family does a really good job about taking care of their photographers and um, the drag and drive community as a whole does a really good job of doing that. However, the regular drag racing community doesn't really like you have to be established and have a name out there and and really like be around a lot for people to start recognizing you and, and want to book you for certain stuff. So that job really helped me get that kind of notoriety with with the entire drag racing community, because not only was I, I was bringing in enough income to pay to to pay my way to go to these trips, but also like when I came home, like I didn't have the stress of like, okay, well, I only made $300 of this event and, you know, rents due. That's, you know, whatever, 850 I can't make that happen. So that job really, really, really helped out in that aspect. Well, we're in the new year here. So as you look ahead to the new year, what's on your bucket list for what you want to do in your business? This year, we're really focusing back on social media. In years past, I've been really focused on individual customers, like working specifically with specific like drag racers and, and documenting their story. Now I, I'm more focused towards documenting the event as a whole and trying to sell the experience to people on social media. So that way we can bring in more um, guys my age and younger um, try to, you know, I, I, I want to be known as one of the guys that like helped keep the sport alive, if you will. And, and of course, Dragon Drive is doing a large part in keeping drag racing alive, but cool photos help a ton. <laughs> Sure. In my opinion, right, might be a skewed opinion, but well, people see it. 
that's the key. Social media, that's what that's all about. You, you certainly learn a lot of things uh, scrolling through, which a lot of us probably spend way too much time doing that, me included. But you learn a lot of things. Yeah. You see things that Same. you wouldn't normally see, kind of get you out of your normal comfort zone. And then once those algorithms figure out, oh, he likes drag racing. Now, all of a sudden, your whole life is filled. Your social media field uh, is filled with social media on yep. drag racing. So uh, I guess that's the way it was all designed. And eventually, they want you to start buying stuff. Yeah. So there you go. You know, I like to... Uh, ask us Absolutely. about a special vehicle in their life could be a car you have now or you've had in the past and share a story about that ride oh special vehicle would would have to be i i have a few but we'll tell the we'll tell the story of my white i had a white 98 uh c1500 pickup truck which i'll send you a photo of okay. if you if you would like it my brother moved down with me to live with me to kind of get some bearing in his life and, and kind of start his his adulthood with his before to not really have to worry about bills and whatever else. So I took him on the road with me for that entire 2021 season. And we drove this 1998 B1500 pickup truck that was lower, like it was slammed to the ground. And I mean, we drove that thing everywhere. We drove it to Florida, back to like Colorado, Arizona. I drove it up to Indianapolis and back down in Texas, who knows how many times in Utah, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, a funny story is I was going to SD round four, which is in Grantsville, Utah. And we, I wanted to do a video shoot of my friend Jack Davis's drift car, who I was following for the season. That's how I was documenting FD as I, as I did what Larry said. And, and, Offered to, to work for, for pretty much nothing uh, for a drift team so I could shoot FD and kind of get access to that that realm of motorsport. And we didn't have good luck at the track. So we're like, well, what are we going to do to kind of like please sponsors? And like, well, let's go shoot a bunch of videos out on the Salt Flats because the Salt Flats were only, I don't know, an hour or so away from Grantsville. And we get there and the Salt Flats are like, there's standing water on the salt. <laughs> yeah, plant. that was okay, the year. Well, we can't. Yeah, it was the year. And so we drove, I don't know, maybe five or 10 miles down the road where a few locals said that it was going to be dry. I'm like, okay, cool. And so it did look dry. And we walked out there maybe, I don't know, 800 feet or so. And we're like, okay, it's it's dry. Like, so I'm going to drive the truck down here and we'll see, like, we'll kind of like plan a, plan a runway or like what we were playing the shots. And I drove probably maybe a thousand feet out there and it was soaked, wet as can be. And I buried my truck in the salt flats, Uh like to the frame, which granted the frame was only an inch or two away from the ground. I was going to say, it was already slammed. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, I abused that truck in a, in a bad way. In that same trip, we drove it up some like mountain mountainous area and to get to the top and i shouldn't have but we did yeah i really i really wish i still i still had that truck but yeah we buried in the salt flats and some random canadian dude came out of nowhere and was like hey i, I had a feeling somebody got stuck out here so i you know i come by and there is you know whatever you guys were stuck out here and he pulled us out and it was nice. just a it was a whole it was a whole ordeal <laughs> but yeah that that truck man we slept in that truck we drove it overnight we yeah we did a lot of stuff in that old beat up pickup truck. And <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I really regret selling it. I needed to, but I really do regret selling it. But. There you go. Well, I like to play car psychologist. So I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were reincarnated or actually manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But more importantly, why? Oh, man. I would probably be like a 98 Tahoe. Okay. Why is that? Because I may not be the most efficient thing out there. I may not be 
the most comfortable thing out there, but we'll, we'll get it done somehow. Like I, (laughs) (laughs) I'm persistent to almost a fault. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that I am there for the people that I say I'm there for and, and really, really, really will just keep going until I get the desired result that I was looking for. So yeah. well, um, what do they say? Isn't it Chevy like a rock? I think that's the commercial. <laughs> I, think so. that, I think that's a commercial. Yeah, something like that. How about a great book? Is there a book you could share with our listeners today? The book that I'm currently reading is... Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And oh, I think yeah. it's a fantastic book, and it, and it has an, an outline of, of challenges and, and things of that nature. But I, it, it's a great story of how someone like him came to be, if you know anything about the guy or have seen him on social media, which I'm sure most people have. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic read. It's a very emotional read, but it's a very fantastic read. Great book. Absolutely. So let's go in the ultimate drive because I'm a bit of an enabler when it comes to having fun with vehicles. I'm going to park anything in your garage. Don't worry about the price because I'm paying for it. You can take it anywhere, but here's the key because cars really are about the people. You can take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us. That opens up a wide variety of unique individuals. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you, Chris? Man, the ultimate drive would be my E92 M3, which I don't have yet. Okay. I would love to take my wife, my wife, start at the tip of PCH and drive all of PCH in this E92 M3 and stop at all the things and do all the touristy stuff. And my wife works with me full time now and we go to all these drag and drive events all across the country and all these beautiful national parks and all this stuff. And we just never have the time to stop and kind of enjoy the scenery, enjoy the time that we can spend with each other there because we're just on the go all the time. And so I think that would be the ultimate drive. Now the not so attainable version of that would be like a 911 Dakar. And I would love to do the Alaska trip uh, in a 911 Dakar because I think that is the perfect car to drive to Alaska and back. You're not not a cheap date, Chris. That's going to cost me a bloody fortune. (laughs) Those things have become very expensive if you can even get your hands on one. But that sounds cool. I mean, those Dakars are awesome. I don't know if anybody who buys one actually drives it in the dirt. I hope so. Might be a few people, but, uh, you know, that Pacific Coast Highway, you got to just do that because uh, I've done it many times. I'm very fortunate. Uh, My listeners know I did it when my son was only eight. He's 30 now. I bought a little Beck Spider from John Wilhoyt in Long Beach, and we drove 1,500 miles back up here to Gig Harbor in in that little car with no top, no radio, no heater, uh, all the way up the coast. Uh, It was the best five days. Uh, He still talks about that. And, uh, yeah, so you you just have to do it. You have to put it on the calendar and just do it. Because otherwise, time will just Absolutely. fly by. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, an E92 M3, that would be cool. I've, I've been able to drive my M3s a lot of different places and things, and those are great cars too. So uh, there you go. But a Dakar, yeah, why not? If Mark's paying, there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if Mark's paying. If Mark's paying. <laughs> well, if you, you've taken me on a fun ride, and I want to leave our story today, our time together today, with you sharing maybe some words of inspiration or advice. And especially since we're into the new year, it's a good time to think about setting goals and doing that thing you always wanted to do, just like Chris did. So what can you leave us with today? I would say that the best thing you can do for yourself is exactly what you want to do. And I say that because throughout my entire life experience, I knew that the photography stuff was what I wanted to do. And I I was never quite sure how to make it happen. And so just making it happen really like opened my eyes and let me know that it was possible. 
now that I did that, I would I would say that planning is just as important as doing what you want to do. So if you were in a similar position than I, that I was in when I was working at that hot rod shop, really just hating every day of life and, and really just wanted a way out instead of what I did, which was sulk and find comfort in food and other things, just try your best to plan your escape and, and save as much as you can. And really, when you when you go and try this experience, you got to set yourself up for success and not failure. Because if you if you make that jump and you immediately fail, you know how how are you going to want to try again, right? So if you can do everything in your power to set yourself up for success versus failure, and then when you make that jump, it, it becomes so much easier and less stress. Now, it's not easy, but it, it would be easier if you had and you had all your ducks in a row and you, you're much more apt for success in that manner versus just jumping ship and, and hoping that you're going to make it. If you Because that's what most people do, right? Well, I'm going to go to the gym and then you go to the gym the first day and there's nine million people there and everybody's doing stuff and you feel like you're the only one that doesn't know what you're doing and then you just never go to the gym again or you're going to start on that project and you start on the project, you realize you don't know what you're doing because you haven't done any research or studied about it at all. Um, and so it becomes a much bigger task uh, really quickly versus if you had spent all that extra time planning and studying and really like getting your ducks in a row. When you make that jump, we'll use the gym analogy again. If you, if you go to the gym with a workout plan and you do your workout plan, you're much more apt to go the second day because you set yourself up for success. So I would just say planning is very, very important. Studying is very, very important. Read all the books. Find somebody that inspires you. Find somebody that's doing exactly what you want to do and figure out how they did it and try your best to emulate it <laughs> because they, they they blazed a trail and now all you got to do is follow it. it, it so unless, you're, of course, you're blazing the trail. but <laughs> Yeah, and you're the first ones to get the arrows, <laughs> for sure. Well, I believe it was Benjamin right, Franklin yeah. that said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So there's a, there's a simple lesson. How can people learn more about you, Chris, and follow along with you? So all of my social medias, my YouTube, my Facebook, my Instagram, everything is Chris Story Photo. So Chris Story and then F-O-T-O. We are also starting a podcast, which will be called Out of Focus. The first episode is due at the end of January. It'll be the last week of January. Um, it'll be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. I think that's all we have slated for as of as of right now. But yeah, the social medias. And of course, if you see me at a drag strip, please come say hi. I may look like I bite, but I don't. If you have any photography questions at all, please let me know because I am an open book. Or I have no secrets. And I love, I love, I, I don't think there's enough photographers that are serious about doing it. So if you want to be a photographer that's serious about doing it, I will give you all of the knowledge that I have to help you set, to help set you up for success. Absolutely. I want to do a shout out to a uh, mutual friend, Michael Narks from Dragon Drive Addiction. He was a guest on the show last month. So uh, he's the one that connected me with Chris. So Michael, thank you very much. Chris, thank you for being so generous today with your time and sharing your stories with us. Absolutely. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road or most likely at a drag strip. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you there. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!